y'all. Welcome back for episode seven of The Heroes Die, to sleep perchance. We really appreciate you being here. The support we've gotten for the show so far has been overwhelming, and I just want to say a big thank you. I am super excited to share this with more people. And if you're looking for an easy way to help us do that, please rate us on Spotify, iTunes, wherever you get your podcasts, and follow us to get a new episode every week. As always, nothing beats a personal recommendation. So if there are any spellcasters in your life who aren't listening yet, please send them our way. In the meantime, sit back and listen to The Heroes Die. Hey, everybody. How are we doing today? Good. Uh, pretty good. Excellent. Excellent. I got a pretty mundane question here as opposed to the hard-hitting ones I usually come at you with. Yeah, ice cream. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Ben, I just want to go uh, and, and remind you that you had a lot to say about ice cream, okay? You had yeah, I had a lot things. to say about other stuff, too, but I got fucking censored, <laughs> Sam, so I'm coming in a little caramel salty. Yeah, cut, cut it, cutting room floor there for sure. Uh, no, honestly, I want to I want to give you a real softball here. Um, favorite candy bar growing up. Favorite candy bar as an adult. Are they the oh, same? Or are they different? Wow. Oh Jesus. Divisive. Literally said you wouldn't ask the hard hitting ones. <laughs> like, what is <laughs> wrong with you? After my history, you know what? You're right. You're right. I'm asking for a lot of vulnerability here, so I'll go first. <laughs> when I was a kid, I, I I feel like I was never given the option for anything but the Milky Way to be my favorite candy bar. It was like my mom's favorite. And I understand she, and I was just like, okay, it's mom's favorite. It's the best. Obviously it's the best. And so I went through phases where I would like get Kit Kats. Milky Way was like my favorite, but like right now I'm in a Kit Kat phase. Like I thought that I was having a personality by changing my candy preferences at various times. And, and honestly, Milky Way, Milky Way is still a big swinger for me, but the smaller the Milky Way, I think the better the Milky Way. The ratio of insides to chocolate uh, goes up. And I think that the bite-sized ones, the fun-sized ones, indirect proportion, uh, the king-sized ones, don't eat them. Don't eat them. So I haven't really changed all that much. Can you remind me what's in a Milky Way? It's a Snickers without peanuts. Yeah, it's nougat and caramel. Nougat and caramel. Same as a Mars bar. I liked Three Musketeers when I was a kid. That was probably my favorite, which makes sense because I have clinical depression. (laughs) (laughs) In retrospect, now I like Babe Ruth a lot. Babe Ruth are really, really good. Wow. You went from the sweetest to the chunk. Clinical depression. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, now I'm still ate myself. It's not a better candy bar. It's just like the polar opposite of bad candy bars. Yeah, now I don't have baby teeth anymore, so I can turn myself (laughs) like an adult. I'm psyching myself up to get a hundred grand bar. Yo, okay, a hundred grand was my favorite as a child. Also, dude, there's my favorite was hundred grand. Hundred percent, my favorite was hundred grand. Absolutely. And now I the, think the crispy rice thing is super unique. I don't know another bar that does it. The crispy rice on top is it's a next fucking level candy bar. But dude, it was rare. Like, I don't know. We didn't get them. It a still is. Halloween. It's not actually rare. It's not a rare candy bar. <laughs> <laughs> it is. They're not at every 7-Eleven. A Snickers, a Milky Way. I disagree. Is. Yeah. Yeah. Like you walk into any convenience store and you can walk out with a Snickers. That is not true for a hundred grand bar. Fascinating. I'm with Cole on this one. Hmm. I, I don't know the last time I've actively sought out a candy bar. I do. Never. Yeah. You never. Oh, wait a minute. You said a candy bar? Oh, never mind. I've, I thought you were talking about 100 grand. I've never tried to buy a 100 grand bar. <laughs> it's been forced upon you. <laughs> Too expensive. You're so expensive. 
Okay. Someone had to make that well, joke. Hey, who went to business school on this It was podcast? right there. It was right there, Morgan. What do you want me to do? Just leave it on the ground? Leave, I'm going to leave 100 grand on the ground? Yeah, right. <laughs> um, Will, what's your favorite candy bar? I'm, I'm with Ben on the Baby Ruth, but when I was a kid, do you guys remember Butterfinger BBs? Hell yeah. yeah. Hell yeah. The yeah. way of consuming Butterfingers. Just Bart Simpson amount. sold me right, Butterfingers. Exactly. Yep. Bart Simpson, movie theater, sticky floors, baby. <laughs> but doesn't like stick in your teeth as much as normal Butterfingers. Mm-mm. And I do, mm-hmm. and I'm still, I keep waiting for it to come back. You know, in all the 90s nostalgia, all the bullshit that we've gotten back from our childhoods. They're made, they've brought back Rugrats, for God's sakes. Yeah, how does Ecto Cooler come back? And not- yeah. Dunkaroos <laughs> <laughs> are back. Babies. Hmm. It's fucking insane. Wild. Bree's brother's in town, Matt, and his wife, Bianca, she said that her favorite movie theater candy is Bunch of Crunch, which I put into a similar Whoa. bucket as, as, as Butterfinger Babies. Also very good. I, I realized that like at some point in my adult life, I realized that I had a weird relationship with candy bars and had just believed that I didn't like tons of candy bars that are actually very good. When I was a kid, I was someone who did not like Butterfingers. Oh, wow. And now I'm like, what was I thinking? Those are that's, awesome. That's a strange one not to like. Because like, yeah. I, I think there is like, you know, every kid, not every kid, many kids really don't get down on like Almond Joys or Mounds. And I get that. that. Was me. Yeah. Yep. Texture wise, there's more going on than maybe a child's comfortable with. Coconut is a polarizing ingredient. But like, Butterfingers is unusual for kids not to like. Yeah. I didn't like yeah. Snickers. You didn't like Snickers? I didn't like Snickers growing up I was either. also not a huge Snickers you know. fan. Talk about depressed. Really? <laughs> Every, everyone I think I just like convinced myself that I didn't like chunks and things. Huh. Yeah, yeah. Did you get bullied a lot as a result? Or? <laughs> no, I was just angry. <laughs> no, I bullied. <laughs> I dished it out. I bullied a lot of people. <laughs> It's not a fucking chump, Ben. <laughs> I wasn't weak, all right? He compensated, idiot. <laughs> oh, what's that over there? A Snickers bar, huh? How about I come over there and smooth you out? <laughs> Every time he just steps on my three musketeers and it just mushes under his foot because there's nothing else fucking in there but nougat. This sucks. <laughs> yeah, man. <laughs> Can he just... even hate the Kit Kat? Can he? I don't get it. <laughs> Give me a break. Oh, yeah, man. Leather jacket, slicked back hair, fucking ducktail in the back. Yeah. <laughs> just fucking pounding kids into the pavement if they didn't like smooth candy bars. <laughs> yeah, you literally just sound like that kid from A Christmas Story. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Speaking of bullies. Nemi and Bramblecloak, no longer in the picture, you guys. You defeated her last session. <laughs> a lot of Bang. fun. A lot of fun. Met some Griggs. Got into the campfire. Sorted that out pretty diplomatically. They disbanded. There was a little bit of consternation about where y'all were going to sleep, what was going to happen next. And you ended up bringing everybody into the tent. Sort of one by one, they wanted to be led by you, for a little bit of protection. As you were leading the Kambalis back to their wagon, you encountered Nemi and Bramblecloak. A little bit of monologuing, a little bit of dialoguing, followed by a pretty big fight in which y'all were roundly successful. And I rolled like dog shit. Would have been fun to get like one or two good rolls off and make that feel just a little more dangerous. But no, hey, y'all guys steamrolled. It was fun to watch. That's where we are right now. The ground is littered with rat corpses. 
There is one larger rat corpse, and there is one dead body of a halfling druid. I can see like the circus folk coming up slowly in the post-battle stillness, right? Like people heard what she said, heard how you responded. They may have come, they may have seen the fight. The Kambalis certainly did. Duke was almost certainly there, we can imagine. And I see like, as they come up, whispers spreading out. That was her, she did it. That was the one, she did it. What do y'all do? Be careful, people. Don't. There's rats everywhere. You'll get them in your shoes if you step on them. Be very careful as you approach this crime scene. Um, oh, no, I, I'm unconscious. I'm down. Oh, I suppose we should raise him from the dead then. <laughs> no, no, no. I, was just, I was about to say something, and then I was like, oh. I'll, I'll cast Stabilize. You did. You stabilized me, so I'm good. Yeah. Okay. I, I, Druk will come, out, come over and, uh, and treat wounds. I like to think that our group is just rocked from the no sleep. It's been a long fucking day. We're we're totally fried out. Yeah. And you'll be level two upon waking. Cool. You've got a, you've been successfully healed. Nine hit points. Oh, sick. Thank you. So yeah, I think you patch over like the big ass rat bite at my collarbone and Leighton just sort of blearily looks up and is like, ah, hello, Druke. That was awful. How are you? Yeah. You mean, not bad. I mean, I, Shot, uh, Nemean stuff is. Are, are you okay? Right as looking at the clouds, rain momentarily. <laughs> I'm certain. Is Claude all right? We're Where gonna is have to track down Claude. Don't don't stress about it yet. Don't no, worry about the horse. Uh, Sven is just spitting teeth out um, of his mouth. This <laughs> is uh, feels terrible. Um, I'm not sure going to sleep would even be a good idea at this point. Yeah. So people are like, oh, we shouldn't, we shouldn't go to sleep. Oh, we <laughs> no, I'm talking about me. I think I have a closed head injury. Ben does not believe that sleep is safe. <laughs> this is not what I said. It's not safe for me, is what I'm saying. Yes, yes, it's not safe for him. We are all one. It is you not safe for any of us. You must protect me if I sleep. <laughs> so I imagine that the people are sort of crowding in. They see you all recovering from your wounds, getting back up dusting yourself off from the fight. And I imagine that you sort of encourage them to go back to bed, right? Like not much to see here, folks, kind of deal, right? Yeah, it's just dead rats. We've seen this before, folks, okay? And is there is there any information that you do share with anyone? I mean, I think... I no. Think tell uh, them, no. Like, no. The threat no. is over. Don't say you know it. what I mean? Like we think that we've... We got them. Yeah. Or at least Great. this yeah. threat. Yes, that always puts the people at ease, saying, good, this <laughs> passing threat is done, but <laughs> never know what's lurking in the dark. This is good. Sven yeah. does not think we are safe. <laughs> and as our bodyguard, we respect his opinion. <laughs> Constant vigilance. Uh, your lawful good lawyer over there having a real tough time bending words. <laughs> we know that this threat has been neutralized. But we can't honestly say anything about any other threats that we might not even know about right now. So, yeah, you tell people that and they all go. It's a liability issue. You have to understand. Once we stood up and took responsibility, we have liability. They all go back into the tent. Duke sort of ushering them on, telling them that they are now safer than they were when they first went into the tent. 
moment. But to go. never safe enough. <laughs> <laughs> Don't worry, they've dealt with it. They're, they've dealt with it. It's it's. Oh, I mean, that yeah, that that must have been it. You see how they well. Yes, Duke. Provide your platitudes, please. Depart. Absolutely, they've guaranteed it. Don't that worry. is right statistically. Yes, absolutely. There can be no more bad guys. At least not today. At least not that one. This this one is gone, but... Uh, perhaps we'll have more information shortly. We will investigate the attacker. We're going to loot her pockets, people. Just go inside the tent now. Thank you. <laughs> Spent. <laughs> Just want to keep them informed. Part of the charm of working in a circus is looting the bodies that... Uh... Inevitably pile up outside the tent. You know, yeah, our boss is still under a sheet just about yeah, 20 yeah. yards away. Yeah, I so. can't wait to go through his pockets. <laughs> I actually think it's, it's a really nice thing about the way that we choose to play the game, right? Yeah. Like, having the circus as a reason for us to search bodies means we get so much good stuff. And I feel like other adventuring parties, when I've played this game in the past, like they just don't have the opportunity to search the dead. No, oh, yeah. When they yeah. shot Jumbo the elephant, all the clowns immediately started searching. Jumbo the elephant pants. was not shot. He was hit by a train. I know that very specifically because I was a tour guide at Tufts University where he is mascot. Wow. Okay. So Leighton went to Tufts. Is that canon now? <laughs> he was riding that train, if you know what I mean. Well, toot, toot. For those of you just listening along, Rudy is making a gesture with his index finger and his nose, implying, I think, some sort of, I don't know. Railed drugs. He's saying he's like the Artie Lang of the, the animal kingdom, okay? <laughs> he had the trunk and then the trunk was gone, so. Oh my god, I'm imagining a cartoon elephant doing cocaine with its trunk, and it's... It, it's getting me. Wait, Jarman, <laughs> he was riding the rails. What can you say? <laughs> so you head over to Nemia's body. You find Root through it on her person, hide armor, yeah. a key, Ooh. her rat hood. Uh, her what? <laughs> say it again. What is that? Did you say for? rat hood? <laughs> yeah. What is a uh, rat hood? That's no way to talk about a lady. <laughs> the hood she was wearing that is the head of a rat. Oh my god. The rats that worshipped her never questioned that? <laughs> you find a very nice sickle and her staff. Very nice sickle? Is that like a little bit better than a nice sickle, but not a good sickle? Is it better than my sickle? She's dead. We shouldn't joke. No, no, no. We should just rifle through her body and her uh, belongings, see what's going on here. Well, if we give Eugene this rat hood, he could finally pick up one of those single rats wandering around. Eugene would never wear it. <laughs> Does anyone have detect magic? Oh, yeah. In fact, I do. But I'll let, but, but, but I think Eugene should cast it since he's a druid. <sighs> okay. I'll cast it. The sickle registers is magic. You have found a plus one sickle. Fuck yeah. Abe's. Yo. <laughs> just, his friend just throws his old sickle to the ground. <laughs> I can't believe that you were already using a sickle. That is insane. <laughs> oh, bonus. Very nice. Great. I'm happy to let that be canon. Does anybody have any objections? Not at all. What's canon now? That Sven gets the sickle in replace of his other sickle. Yeah, I love that. <laughs> also, dudes, keep in mind that as you get loot, I'm not keeping it on the loot sheet unless it's generic. So if you take something, keep track that for yourself. No. Cool, cool. Thanks, Mom. So y'all are keeping those on your character sheets. Cole is only tracking the 
group items like healing potions, that kind of stuff, I imagine, or things like like gold and shit like that, I imagine. Story stuff, gold stuff, and stuff that we are selling. Right on, right on. That is what you grab when you loot the body. Head over to the fire. Imagine you settle in before bed, unless you want to just straight go to bed, and then you will be level two. What are you thinking? Bedtime. Um, I wonder... I'm sorry, Professor. I, I know that you have a strict sleep schedule for your sort of performance routine, but I, I wonder if you might sit for a moment and, and discuss what's happened today. Yeah, for the record, Duke is absolutely tending to the body. Like, he's making sure that it is, like, being cared for respectfully and um, and maybe, like, actually... After it was looted. Yeah. <laughs> After it's been looted. Would, wouldn't, want to bear, wouldn't want to bury any of that fucking sweet merch. <laughs> <laughs> you know, he's really into uh, use and recycle. You know what I mean? <laughs> Caden Kalian believes very strongly that you can't take you it can't with you. can't take it with you. Yeah, absolutely. So you want to, do you want to bury her tonight? I think it depends on how, like what the, what the, how the rest of the party operates. But at the very least, he's going to, he's going to like make sure she's covered and prepared. Yeah, absolutely. It's big of you. Eugene. So before Eugene goes to bed, he's going to go over to Bardolph's tent. You head over to Bardolph's tent. Hey, Bardo, can we have a quick word? And the door knocks open a little bit. Clearly an invitation to enter. Hey, pal. Mm -hmm. I know it's been a pretty long day. Mm -hmm. And I know that you're pretty busted up right now. So I don't want to interrupt you and take up more time than necessary. But two things. One, thanks for letting us raid your dream catcher. That was really sweet. Mm-hmm. Appreciate that. And I guess the other thing is, um, you don't think I'm taking advantage of you, do you? And his head like shoots up and he looks at you in the eye and he's just bewildered by that question. You know, I've, I've always thought of you as an equal. Mm-hmm. And I, I want you to know that I'm not pocketing any money on the side. I'm not in it for any sort of fame or glory. I just, I really like kicking it with you. I hope you know that. (laughs) And yeah, there is a big sleepy bear in front of you that moves his snoot over towards you. And like, in the way that really big dogs do, gets under your elbow and under your arm and between you and your chest. And he's like, and he sort of makes you pet him for a second. And by pet, I mean like, you know, he gets you to scratch him behind the ears where he likes. Yeah. Okay, buddy. And then he curls back up. Cool. Yeah. Just need to make sure. Okay. Anyways, I didn't mean to wake you up. Cool. Cool. Let me get out of here. Let me get out of here now. Obviously, you need your sleep. It's important. Um, yeah, I mean, maybe I'll see you tomorrow. Mm-hmm. All right. Mm-hmm. And Eugene exits. And you begin walking back towards the campfire. I can see Druk off, draping something over Nemi's body, maybe saying some prayers, cleaning her up. I mean, she's absolutely riddled with arrows. <laughs> And scorch marks and 
bruises <laughs> and uh, believe at least a little bit of cold damage. Guys <laughs> kind of threw the kitchen sink at her. <laughs> it's less of a body, more soup. Hold on. Uh, I just want to point out that I think Rudy's sound is a little bit behind his video. Really? At least for me. Am I like really off with sound? Your video's lagging. That happened last time too. I'm plugged into the Ethernet, but I, I just think that the video is going to be a lost cause. I'll, I'll just say every 10 minutes that I'm still here, no matter, no matter what's happening. In the no matter what's happening. Rudy, um, do you mind just uh, killing video for a sec? The professor seems to be having an existential crisis, constantly <laughs> reminding himself that he still walks the earth. And I'm here. I'm here. I am here. Actually, Rudy, just leave it off for a few minutes. I think yeah. that I think it'll be good to not stress the system. Okay. Yeah. Well, now you don't have to look at me anymore. Fine. <laughs> Great. Yeah. Part of the team. Let's uh, keep going. I feel so much better already. Holy. Yeah. yeah. The stress yeah. is gone. Yeah. There you go. Cool. Fuck it. <laughs> yeah. Just fuck me, right? Gone. <laughs> Rudy. No, I've got no, an no, hour no, and twenty no, minutes no. left. I no, got an no. hour and twenty yeah, minutes yeah. left. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Find something <laughs> it's else. It's gonna for be me filled to... with this bit. You know, maybe yeah. I should. And we've got Rudy's mic. <clears throat> <laughs> oh, I think I'm gonna regret that. <laughs> <laughs> for those of you listening at home, the chat is erupting right now. <laughs> I'm going to just transcribe some, some of this for those of you listening at home. Oh, yeah. There you go. Why not? Fuck me, right? Rudy is uh, he's typing up a storm. Honestly, Ooh. he didn't even really break pace. It's pretty much going at the same speed. Actually, he doesn't know he can unmute himself either. Truly the most impressive. I have to say this because I said I would transcribe, but it hurts. He has now written... Morgan is a better me anyway, which for the record is not true. And I disagree with, but, but we will be it. starting an Instagram poll to see if any listeners <laughs> agree with that. Yes. You at home get to weigh in on this. <laughs> Again, Rudy can unmute himself at any time by hooking the microphone next to his name. Uh, there should be no question there. Um, no, no. Why would I do that? Presumably in response to Ben's reminder that it is not an admin privilege to unmute yourself. In any case, I can see you all sort of gradually moving towards the fire, perhaps to touch base, check in before bedtime. What happens before bed? Sven doesn't like sleep with the group for a reason. So like he... Like, yeah, he, I think they would probably stay up talking and stuff, but Sven will need some private time before going uh, going to sleep. Mm -hmm. Some private time. If you know. <laughs> yeah. Fuck. A little bit of whacking off. <laughs> hand is getting awful cold here at this late night. He's never done it with the magical sickle before. <laughs> My friends, I wonder, um, I, I must go speak with Claude shortly, but... Is there anything to discuss of what we've learned today? It seems our circus has been dealt a dire blow, um, and we've been put into an odd situation. Well, dealt a blow, indeed. But also, we might have a new act. Maybe two. Like, you mean like 
the, the, the way we did the show today should be the way we do the show going forward. I don't think that's going to work. <laughs> we almost died multiple times. Half of our act almost perished as well. I, I would point out that most of our act was murdering our own audience members at this. Uh, yeah. We are going to get the reputation if that kind of thing. We may want to increase our repertoire beyond that, if, if only to have returning customers. Yeah. I agree. I would say that security left a lot to be desired. Oh, don't put this on me. Do not put this on me. No, we had snakes. This not, and- please, this was not meant to be a head of house fight. Well, it moment. is now, okay, when you kind of throwing that sort we, of smoke. We lost thunder, and he was the one who sort of kept us all together, friends, so what friends, do we do without peace. him? Let's have a drink for thunder. What do you say? And I, and I think Druk would take out his flask of, uh, of K-Lort, which is his, like, orders, uh, <laughs> special, uh, special brew. Um, and, uh, I'm dead, I quit. I'm gone, I'm out. Four, five, uh, five shot glasses and, and hand them out to the I'm moving. I'm so out of this joke, I'm leaving the city. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Friends. Excellent. Uh, it's herbal. Uh, the thunder. The thunder. Thunder. The thunder. The thunder. Smooth. Oh, oh my god. Oh. It tastes like licking a sickle that just cut a field of grass. Oh, that's bad. That will hurt me. Oh. Thank you for sharing. Uh, yeah. Uh, ooh. Good effort out there, uh, everyone. I'm really sad about, about Thunder. No kidding. I mean, in all honesty, gentlemen, we... We really haven't discussed how we're going to move forward as a circus without him. I mean, obviously Leighton is still here to represent the front office, but we don't have a ringmaster anymore. I'll do it. (laughs) There you go. I'm sorry. That is a go-getter attitude, and I am impressed by it. Thank you. I believe in myself as well. Given Sven's propensity for security, I do wonder... (laughs) What kind of advantages we would be gaining and other advantages we would be foregoing? <laughs> oh, apparently my security is not good enough to do much anyway, so what What more could be done, you know, me sitting in the middle of the ring? I merely meant to imply that there was room for improvement. <laughs> <laughs> Clearly last night's operations cannot be allowed to continue as the norm, um, uh, even in the absence of thunder, but each of us has sort of been raised to a position of somewhat authority in this case, and I I think it's best that we figure out, as the professor has said, what our next steps are, both in the act itself and and in the area. There does seem to be some unrest that we should prepare ourselves for. Indeed. Well, good night. (laughs) (laughs) Something to sleep on, I agree. Very good. Ah, uh, this is way past my bedtime. I need my rest. As 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 Leighton watches everybody sort of turn and walk back to their wagons, he goes, Understood. I will speak with Claude, gather his opinion, and report back in the morning. Good evening, gentlemen. And marches resolutely to go find his panicked horse. Excellent. Um, you leave the campfire. Does anybody else say anything else before heading off to bed? Yeah, I mean, Sven... Uh, goes to stick out his head, sort of, uh, kind of on the periphery of uh, of the camp again, just as security and stuff. He kind of wants to be 
slightly with a better vantage than just kind of tucked into camp. Um, and as he does and, you know, rolls out his bedroll and stuff, um, he, he sloughs down uh, his cloak that's around his head. Pathetic. Spent more time on your back than Nordalisa does with the miller's son. <laughs> I will not be hearing from you on this matter tonight. Thank you very much, brother. <laughs> oh my god. Oh my god. <laughs> does anyone hear that besides Sven? Just sincerely. Sincerely. Does anyone hear that besides Sven? Or is that close enough? And are you isolated enough, Sven, that, that that was something that we wouldn't hear? It, uh, yeah, it, Sven was intending it to be uh, Oh private. my god. Got it, got it, got it, got it. Because I wouldn't sleep if I did hear it. <laughs> <laughs> are you kidding? I'm not going to sleep at all tonight. In real life. Hey, um... From now on, Sven, you can have alone time, like, literally whenever you want. We're not going to say anything. You go ahead, dude. <laughs> so Sven goes off and talks to himself. And I imagine the rest of you are betting down as the camera would pan, I think, up in some drone footage and drop right back down on Leighton, catching up with Claude, who is now completely fine to be clear he that was it was a one minute spell duration yeah and so i think leighton catches up with claude honestly he probably finds him after the the condition has already ended and says hello friend uh are are you well or has it lingered (laughs) wonderful um We've had some discussions as a group. I'm sorry that you weren't there for some of them. I saw that you were grazing, and I did not want to interrupt, as I figured you were probably most interested in having a moment to collect yourself after that experience. Lovely. In all things, we have agreed as partners how we would approach them, and I will continue in that manner in spite of our new standing with this place. It is clear to me, Claude, that we have entered a perhaps more dangerous leg of the journey that up to this point you have so faithfully followed me upon. But I can't in good conscience ask you to continue without your acceptance of the fact that the things that happened to us today and tonight may continue to happen, and that I cannot turn from this path because through fortune or fate, it has arrived on my doorstep at the time when I'm seeking answers about what has happened to me. And that coincidence is one that in a former life I would have ignored, and in a current one I am unable to. And so, if you are willing... I am hopeful that you will continue on this journey with me. And I imagine that snort is like he spits on Leighton's foot. And Leighton looks down and says, You always had a more direct method of showing your support, didn't you? And that the two of them sort of make their way back to their wagon and they sleep outside. So Leighton gets Claude's consent to continue adventuring. And then I think it is bedtime. For everybody. Yep. Yeah. Indeed. So the professor um, goes back to his wagon and. Rudy, do you want to wait till you don't have a mouthful of fucking ice cream to say this on this audio fucking medium? <laughs> Did that really affect what I just said that much? It was it was milky. It was really <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Rudy. Food in your mouth affects the way it sounds. And he just took another bite. Holy shit.
It's milk and cookies, man. Have you had it? It's, it's so good. So the professor goes back to his wagon and uh, changes into his nightgown and nightcap with a little crappy VV embroidered onto the chest uh, and um, takes out from under his pillow a silver locket, opening it and looking at uh, himself and a half on one side of the locket is a, a picture of himself and the other side of the locket is a halfling that looks exactly like him. And he just mm-hmm. kind of stares at it for a little while, clicks it shut, puts it back under his pillow and turns to the wall. He turns to the wall. All of you are bedding down in your various bedrolls, your various places throughout the camp. Some of you may be in the tent. Some of you may not be. You believe you have defeated the dangers of the day and the night, and you wake up, and you are level two. Now, does anybody have anything that they really want to talk about? I know that this level up in 2E is different. Uh, For instance, we're not rolling hit dice right now. All of you just go up by basically the same amount that you started with. No, not exactly the same amount that you started with. It's your class amount plus your constitution modifier, right? Right. Yeah, so the ancestry is static at the first level. Ancestry is the first one. That's right. Now, waking up, though, we're not at full health, though, right? How does waking up uh, work in this system? You You gain back your con times your level. Well, that's a shame. One time. <laughs> wait, wait, Sam, Sam, but uh, I, I'm sorry. Con times your level, meaning two at this point, not one? Or is it when you go to sleep, so the level is one? I am happy to give you your level upon waking. <laughs> and I think, do we, because our, our wounded up. condition is gone, right? Yeah, that goes. Yeah, so y'all wake up. It's breakfast time. The camp is a little bit more lively. People are cooking food. And, you know, they're trying to take care of you. Because y'all clearly did something good and big for the community the day before. They're also looking to you as leaders. You know, people are like bringing you some coffee. They're bringing you some food. Maybe some of the folks who are younger or that you don't know so well are feeling a little bit more uncomfortable given the position of authority in the camp that you seem to be holding right now. It's palpable that your position and your regard in the circus has changed a bit. You find yourselves together in the morning. How are things? What are you talking about? What are you checking in on? Andruk, do you want to bury Nemia? Yeah, I think he would um, He would seek out Eugene first um, you know, say, um, hey, um, good buddy. Um, I'm going to try to get, uh, Nemi on the ground sometime soon. Um, probably someplace out in the woods. Um, is there anything you want me to make sure to say or do when I do that? No, but I'll go with you. Great. So y'all head out, dig a hole in the ground. That takes a long time. And I can picture you two working in relative quiet. But are there things that you think you'd say? Are Is there communication that would happen? So I guess if I'm being honest, right, and we're describing a little more of the scenario beyond just conversation, 
think that this is pretty grim for Eugene for a couple reasons. Um, this is another druid who clearly has a connection to nature too, but Nemia's co- connection was one that I think Eugene, having to say it lightly, is he's pretty distasteful of. I think also she said some things that really have made Eugene think about what he's doing with himself and whatnot. Mm-hmm. So at least on my side of this, Eugene is not in the most convivial, conversationally light place. I think he's real pretty pensive, pretty somber, and I don't think he's looking to make conversation with Druk. By all means, if Druk is a chatty Cathy right now, <laughs> that is totally cool. But I think that Eugene feels the weight of the last day and a half in a big way. Yeah, no, I think I agree. I think that like, although Drew usually loves to talk, he he was the one who put Nemia down. Um, and even though she kind of chose it, you know what I mean? I, I think that he still feels the weight of having killed this person that, you know, wasn't, a, wasn't a cartoonish evil. You know what I mean? She, she had these be feelings and beliefs that drove her in direct conflict with the circus and with this hound but uh, but they weren't necessarily self-interested or 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 corrupt, and I think he's he's dealing with that in a, in, a, in ways that he he doesn't have the emotional capacity to to communicate right now. The rest of you are back in camp. Is there anything that people imagine doing right away? If not, no worries. I just want to check in. Leighton, when he wakes up in the morning, doesn't have his curse active, which means it's the only time that he's not damp. So he starts doing the books really early in the morning. That's his routine. Right. And then his curse becomes active and he can no longer really handle paper. Once he uses a focus spell. Yeah. And that, that's why he doesn't write in his journals anymore. Heard. Heard. Sven wants to just kind of do his rounds and stuff and then maybe check on, on the, the folks in the tent and stuff to just make sure everything went smoothly throughout the night. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, kind of leaning into that leadership position. Yeah, at least just from like a, again, a bodyguard, you know, strictly just kind of logistical, just making sure everything Absolutely. Is. And you walk around and, you know, I'm, I'm not sure how aware Svend is of this, but you have an impact. Your presence is steadying for folks. They're standing a little bit taller after they see you. They were pretty shook. And you doing these rounds providing a sense of normalcy and steadfastness is impactful. Now, after a few hours, the morning has progressed. The two who went out into the woods, Andruk and Eugene, you come back after burying Nemia. And y'all have all found each other again during the day, sort of attracted by a mutual gravitation. And you're standing there talking, catching up, checking in, and you see Hankin, one of the roustabouts, coming towards you. Uh, behind him is a man with a weathered brown bowler hat on his head. And he's wearing a dark brown, worn, though well-made, suit. Now, Leighton and Sven, you both recognize him as the mayor. You met him in your earlier trips 
to Aberton, right? Because you're sort of the harbingers of the circus, ironing out contracts, spend doing some explaining of the kind of security that you'll be keeping. You recognize him. This is Jay Aber. He comes up, takes off his balder hat, holds it in front of him, and he says, Greetings, uh, heroes of the circus. I have heard some of your exploits last night. Now, I am, of course, known to some of you. Uh, my name is Jay Eber, and I am the mayor of this town. And I, I will say that I, I did indeed see your show last night, and truly it was tremendous. A, a spectacle of spectacles. My goodness, it was awesome. Awe-inspiring in the most literal sense of the word. But, but this morning... I learned that you and, and your people had been attacked by by someone, perhaps from Everton, uh, and I, I wanted to extend my apologies. Oh, it's okay. They had just had a few too many before coming to the show. It happens actually oh, fairly often in the oh, circuit. Yeah, oh, um, I, I meant uh, actually not not the uh, fisticuffs that were engaged in during the show, but uh, I heard of a, a somewhat violent... He's talking about Nemia. Oh, yes. <clears throat> Nemia. It sounds as though there was a Nemia involved. Yeah, you don't know anything about her? Uh, no, uh, no, I, I, I do not believe I have heard that name before. Never heard that yes. name? Uh, no, uh, no. Uh, not once? No, no, my friend. Uh, perhaps interrogation is not necessary we here. have been kicking around for all 12 hours, and the first name that popped out of the mouth of a bunch of river methods was Nemia. So that seems oh. a little strange to me. Indeed. Um, do, do you... you it sounds as though you trust these river methods uh, in... The name Nemia does not ring any bells. Uh, I don't know if I trust Eugene. Eugene, methods, I, I, but you know what? Is there? Is there? They a, were right. Oh well. Yes, e Eugene. They certainly were. But it seemed that if anything, Nemia had more of a grudge against this town. P perhaps was an attacker of it. I, I don't know that the mayor necessarily would have known her. Oh my goodness! That may indeed it's explain. It's just kind of crazy to me that the mayor. Of the town, I do agree that it is very. You know a single thing about Nemia Bramblecloak, including her name. That's just a little crazy to me. Oh dear. Well, there are many things in this great world that I do not know. I consider myself a humble man with uh, small ambitions. There are many great folks. Many powerful folks whose uh, names are beyond me. And, and this Nemia, I believe, is one, though it is a testament truth to your power that you were able to defeat such an adversary. Now, it, Do you know why she may have spoken so harshly of your town? Uh, is there something in recent memory? She spoke uh, as if you were a cancer on the land, a blight, a, a gouging um, of nature. Oh, no, no, uh, I, I, I don't, don't know specifically to that though i mean things have been a little funny around here recently and aberton has been facing some challenges there's been little rain yeah and the, our fields are dry mm. there was a heat wave weather plants and then we got a cold snap that froze what survived 
After that, winds blew up. They pulled what's left of the topsoil and some of our most promising fields just into dust storms. Wells are dry and the streams, well, my goodness, I've, I've never seen them so low. Some have vanished completely. Now, it is indeed nature and it goes in cycles, I know that. But there are times when it is hard not to see some unnatural hand in what has befallen us. But it is in times like these that we must be patient. The rains will come back. It is difficult to cling to hope. You said that she may have been an adversary of this town, and, well, I suppose a part of me is relieved that this may have been identified, for it has been a difficult month in Aberton. Before y'all arrived, I didn't think it was worth mentioning when we first met, but things have indeed been difficult. Over the last month, they've gotten even worse. Hamema moved into town, and she got attacked by a wild boar in the street. And then our miller, Sirai Hofton, and her family gone missing. No one knows where they are now. I wouldn't blame them if they left town, given the way things are these days, but I worry instead that they were driven off. In normal times, I'd go to the sheriff for something like this, but no one's seen her either. And, well, shoot. I, I heard last night about how you protected the innocent people here, and I, I thought I would be derelict in my duty as mayor to the town of Aberton if I did not come and ask if you would extend some of that protection to our people. Uh, we do have to get the circus kind of moving on the road under a pretty tight schedule here, so, <laughs> you know. Yeah, no, I I do understand. And we understand as well. It's just, you know, you don't want to deprive the next town over of such an entertaining event. No, come on, guys. But, are we right here or are we right? We'll, but we'll be happy to give you a souvenir snow cone holder. Yes, that is right. Two, in fact. Two, and one for your friend here as well. Yes, one shaped like an elephant and the other one shaped like a cloud. Oh. Yes, friend, you know, maybe it's because I'm not trained in security like you are. I'm just a little confused as to why our mayor didn't tell us that the sheriff's been missing. Seems like a pretty relevant piece of information for us, given that we'd be performing here, and that the circus provides opportunities for extreme breaches of security. Yes, he does actually bring up a good point here. This was a bit odd for you not to tell us, but then to was it just purely the circus was going to be used as a nice, happy distraction for the town amidst all this shitstorm? We were indeed. I think we all agree that this mayor is full of it and deeply suspicious. But why, why don't we like listen to him a little bit more? <laughs> I don't know. Yes. I think he's speed running a one term right here. I don't think he's got any clue of the game. Leighton <laughs> <laughs> um, just loves bureaucrats so much. <laughs> yes, uh, Mr. Mayor. Uh, uh, Professor Vide Veritas, Conjurer Extraordinary, <laughs> Doctor of Magic, Sorcerer, First Class, etc., etc. But now's not that's not important right now. Please tell us all you can about these disappearances. Uh, um, I, I I do not, in truth, know much more than the sheriff. Just ha she hasn't been around. She hasn't been seen in days. Now she 
She has indeed in, in the past gone off for a, a day or two at a time, but this just... Alash, eh? No, no, uh, <laughs> no, uh, either hunting or in pursuit of villains. Ah, I see. Never mind. Uh, how, the, how do you know that she's not just gone hunting and are in pursuit of villains right now? Well, that's exactly one of the reasons I didn't bring it up. However, this absence has been more extended than those in the past, and it has become cause for concern. And frankly, much more concerning is the disappearance of this whole family. Can you tell us anything about that? They were uh, our millers, and, um... Yes? They are gone. The professor... Even more concerning is this boar attack. How wild would you say this boar was? The boar was wild. The professor takes out his handkerchief and just goes, Oh, do you know what that boar was doing? Before these people disappeared? <laughs> uh, no, it had not crossed my mind to suspect the boar and the disappearance of these people. Simply the attack on good wife Hememo. Seems to be a hateful creature. Might keep it in mind. Oh, I, I would watch your language around here. <laughs> Goblin here. I don't think we know a single thing about the boar, Svend. Other than it's a boar. Yes, no, it, well, there is a pattern, certainly, that uh, there is an anger. There is there is an anger of nature towards all of us. Maybe the midwife deserved it. You know, we should kind of look at all I the angles here. I don't think that's the case, uh, frankly. And if you met her, I, I do believe that you would you, you would be uh, reluctant to, to make such assertions. Well, she is a good wife. If, if I may ask, uh, is there anything that you know about this, uh, this Nemia? Uh, I believe that given her adversarial nature to the town that she may have been responsible for certain aspects of the hardships that we've been experiencing. Uh, do you have any identifying information about her, perhaps? Before we give you more info... Oh, yes. ...about this, this character that you apparently know nothing about, Mr. Mayor... Is there any information that you'd like to share with us about why a sweet, simple town such as your own could find itself on the shit list of Mother Nature? Well, um, no, I think is perhaps the most succinct answer. No, no, no idea. Nothing. (laughs) It's just... Random. Nature just decided it hates your town. Is that what this is? It does appear that uh, the the seasonal changes that have occurred in the past uh, are, are either softer or harder than they have been. Uh, I, I don't entirely understand what impact we could have been having on it. Um, we are not a particularly large town, and our agricultural endeavors are such that they should be minimally impactful. All right, y'all. Ask this guy whatever questions you want. For the record, I don't trust him. Pulls out a gun, shoots him. (laughs) (laughs) One less problem. (laughs) Two in the chest, one in the head. Jaber, let me me just level with you here. By the way, can I call you Jaber? Thank you. Um, Just J. Aber. Jaber, I... It's two names. I'm going to be honest with you. Um... We came to this town. We put on a show. Our a dear friend of ours, 
a mentor was killed here. We were attacked not just once, but twice, but three times. Can you help us understand why we should do anything but get out of here at the very first opportunity? Well, you see, we're a circus, not a security force. And therein sort of lies the crux of our issue with your request, I think, is we're not outfitted for this. We're entertainers. Yeah, I, I do I do appreciate that. And no, this town's troubles a place where you are itinerant and not invested. Holds no appeal to help solve our problems. I, I do understand that. To be honest, after hearing about the heroics of last night, I, I hope perhaps I'd found a group of people who could help us from the goodness of their hearts. We don't have much in terms of material wealth, but we do have problems that good people are facing. Good people are facing with bravery, but with the sheriff gone and so much unknown, well, I do understand if you don't want to stick around. We appreciate that candor, sir. There is one thing that I, and Leighton sort of looks back at the others, personally am curious about. Um, I don't mean to commit my friends to anything, and I want to make that clear before I speak and provide you with some of the information you've requested. But I, I am curious to know, she was a she was a druid, sir, of Gozra, and, and spoke at length about how nature was angry. Of, of Gozra? And I, I myself have... Yes, sir. Was she from the the hermitage of Blessed Lightning? Um, well, you know, we, we didn't really have a chance to get that deep with Nemia, but possibly. What is it? it, it well, it, it, it is a hermitage. It's, it is a place where people go to be in relatively private worship of Gozra. It, it, is, it is not far from the town, but my goodness, it is hard for me to imagine that things could have, that this could have been sanctioned by the Abbey. I know personally the leader of that organization, a man named Harlock Hamdiel, and he is a good and honorable, if somewhat misanthropic, worshiper of Gozra. And, and, and Mr. Aber, the, the hermitage itself, you said of, of lightning, um, does it have a particular connection to the stormed aspect of, of Gozra? Well, I, 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 I don't know enough about their theology to tell you whether or not, but I mean, I do know that some of the hermits have blamed us for, for what, well, I, I don't know for what exactly. It's like they think we've done something wrong, but, but we're just farmers. Leighton sort of turns back to the rest of you and looks over at Claude. Friends, I am seeking truth about what has made me what I am, and I'm wondering if there might not be some to be found in this hermitage. Uh, Its relationship to the abilities that I have been cursed with is striking to me. I will just add that if this Nemia is associated with the hermitage that it is hard for me to imagine that she has the backing of the organization at large. They're good people. The hermits are kind and humble 
and pious folk devoted to their Lord, Gosher. Now, I did mention uh, that their leader is Harlock Hamdiel. And again, he is a fine, fine person. He loves animals and nature. And it is impossible for me to imagine him countenancing anything like what happened last night. Well, how do we get there? Point the way, Mr. Mayor. Well, it, it is it is a, a bit of a ways out, outside of town. Now, they, they are, again, a bit misanthropic. I, I'd be happy to speak to Harlock about the woman who attacked you last night. Uh, and perhaps even get you admission to the Hermitage. They they can be a, a, a bit, well, I don't want to say unfriendly towards visitors, but they can be a bit unfriendly toward unexpected visitors. But I am known to them. And then if if he's ready to speak to you, which I imagine he will be given the situation, then you could talk to him and see for yourself that they are harmless. Very well. All right. Perhaps I, I can set that up for you. And uh, maybe if I can do so... You, you can consider my earlier request for a little bit of help with the, the town's current woes. You don't need to say yes or no right now. Uh, I do appreciate your time. Good day. Uh, Jaber, Jaber, before you leave, um, I've got this map right here. Can you uh, just mark down on the map where this where this hermitage is? Oh, uh, it's off the bounds of this map. Oh. Well, thank you for your time, Mr. Mayor, and take this souvenir circus keychain. Oh, thank you very much. Uh, but I already have five of them. And he pulls out his hand and he's got them on each finger. I like this town. I, my, my, you collected all five. You get a free ticket. Oh, that's fantastic. <laughs> Thank you very much. I'll hold you to that. Uh, yes, well, you, you can just log that with me and I'll, I'll just take down another one of the professor's small gifts to a fan in the book. <laughs> <laughs> that does make sense. Good to keep track of things like that. They can really get away from you. And then he leaves. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like townspeople. <laughs> so he walks away, and then walking towards you is Duke. And Duke says, "No, uh, not this guy." Fucking uh, ah, stretch it out. <laughs> oh, all right, all right. And Duke says, "This morning." <laughs> He's out of breath already. <laughs> I sent out my usual eyes and ears. They'll be coming back in just a few minutes with a stamin flow about what's going on in town. And behind him walk uh, Hesper and Mitis, two members of the spectacle of Everyday Wonders, which is <laughs> this show's sideshow of very normal things. Uh, Hesper and Mitis are the unjoined twins. Uh, they come up to you and they speak in almost perfect unison and they say that uh, we pursued some, some some whispers about an angry boar. We can confirm that Hemema is a polite grandmother, recently sold her farm, moving into town. She's attacked by a wild boar in the street. Crazy stuff. You know, she ran, obviously. It wouldn't. She's unhurt, thank the goddess. And uh, as for the boar, he tracked it to an old orchard east side of town. It's not alone, though. There's a whole brood of smaller boars. They are bloodthirsty. Pretty bad stuff. I don't know if you guys are ready to tangle with it. Good. Our top priority should be to exterminate them. <laughs> I would like to speak with the boars. That is in character. See you later. 
and they throw down a little ninja gas bomb and are gone. <laughs> right after that, Tahala comes up to you. She is the tattooed woman. She has a modest number of tattoos on her body. She's Shawanti. She investigated the mill, following up on leads about that. And again, these are the people in the circus that in a given town go out, gather information, right? This is a known quantity, a known activity, particularly after something as exciting as yesterday. They were also spreading rumors about y'all's heroism. So she found the mill. She went out there and says, the mill is infested with wasps. There are hundreds and hundreds, if not thousands of wasps out there. I don't know exactly what it was, but it seems unusual. And I wouldn't be surprised if there was some outside influence like the kind that the dead druid could uh, exert on them. But I didn't see any people. I didn't see a single person. I was, uh, you know, a little far away from it, kept my distance, given the buzzing, but I don't think there's any people there. And uh, I don't know. A place that's been left on purpose has a certain feel to it. This didn't have that. I don't think they abandoned it. I don't know what's going on, but bad vibes. I would like to speak yeah. with the wasps. Yeah, I bet you would. <laughs> you son of a gun. <laughs> and she walks away. <laughs> and then... I'm here, to chew. I'm here to chew mud and spit wax. I've asked them so many times not to spend their budget on those. <laughs> it's really bleeding awful. us dry. We got to get that. We just watch them go back into a tent. We can all. They are cool. I just want some for myself, to be honest. I... And then a tall, bearded, and mustachioed, handsome man comes up to you. This is Guideron, the bearded man. <laughs> he comes up and he says, <laughs> Oh, God, Morgan. Hold on. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yes, Morgan, the bearded man. Got him. <laughs> and he says, So there is a gang in the Aberton called the Muggers. Mm-hmm. No. Yes, there is a gang. They call themselves the Muggers. Now, I don't know exactly all of the details about them, though I can tell you that they hang out at a roadhouse outside of a town called the Mad Mug. I am fairly certain that they call themselves the Muggers not because they are mugging people. <laughs> Got Swedish in a hurry. <laughs> Go on, Spaghetti. Keep talking. Not because they are mugging people, but because they hang out at a place called the Mad Mug. Now, they drink all day. They cause trouble at night. They could be a lot of fun people, but these guys are not fun. Okay? They are mean. Now, the sheriff... Has been trying to break up the gang for a while now. I hear this in the town. But the muggers, uh, perhaps they have gotten a little crazy with the sheriff being gone. I want to talk to the muggers. Okay. You want to talk to the muggers? I'll give you directions to how you can talk to the muggers. At lunch. And he disappears (laughs) in a cloud of smoke. And then walking up towards you through that cloud of smoke is a good-sized and somewhat overweight basset hound. This is Cubby, 
the dog-faced dog. <laughs> and he comes up to me. All right, Bios. So I went into town trying to follow up on a couple of leads here, mostly about uh, Gozera. Figured it'd be good to ask a couple of questions. Now, there's a church in town. Heard about that right away. I went sniffing around there, pun intended. Thought there might be a connection, but it's actually a church of Ebedar, not Gozra. So looked around anyway, just to see if there was anything fishy about it. Went to the church's back fence, smelled something foul, different, unpleasant, gross, mingled with uh, rotting flesh. Now, I think that something unnatural's back there, lurking in the church's graveyard. And I'm not certain, nothing can be certain in these day and ages, but uh, I do want to say that I think y'all are the group for the job on account of how smashingly you handled everything yesterday. Absolutely cracker. I gotta say, I trust this guy. <laughs> I just feel like this is the first time that someone really leveled with us. Oh, yeah, you know? Absolutely. I'd absolutely level with all of you, one-on-one, or in a group, any day of the week. Thanks, Cubby. Hey, look, I gotta say, we appreciate the tip. Do me a big solid. Keep your eyes, your ears, and your nose to the grindstone. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Love to do that. Anything for you, mate. I'm gonna go... What? I'm gonna... I'm going to go have my second breakfast here. You know what I'm talking about? He winks at the professor. Um, This guy's a fucking genius. Yeah, I'm not permitted to have any of the uh, smoke bombs that everybody else has and uses frivolously. You don't need them. But uh, imagine me disappearing in a cloud of smoke right now, and uh, I think we'll all be better for it. G'day, y'all. And he trundles away. (laughs) I'm going to say this now. I think Cubby should be mayor. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Certainly more charismatic than that other wet blanket. And smarter. Mm-hmm. So you've got four leads in front of you. You've got the orchard where the boar is. You've got the mill, which is covered in wasps, which the millers disappeared from. You've got the mad mug where the muggers hang out. And you have the church of Abadar where something uh, kind of stinky and smelling like rotting flesh, is hanging out in the graveyard and back. Where do y'all think y'all want to head? It seems a bit of extermination would be rather easy. Uh, perhaps we just go take out the boars first, no? I actually think that the the missing family seems like a pretty emergent situation. Um, I would, I would vote that way. Y- yes, this is uh, fair as well. Although I feel the people can fend for themselves. <laughs> well, you never know when boars will strike again, but uh, it is okay. I am less concerned about the boars as long as we have Eugene to talk them down from any untoward behavior. So I, I believe that I agree with Andruk that it is of utmost importance to learn what has happened to this family. Wasps can be nasty. Very good. Then uh, perhaps we go after the family. Yes. When we find them, we kill them. <laughs> nope. Is that, is that not what we're... Wait, what, what, wait, no. I'm, we wage uh, no, total sorry. war on this we region. Execute yes, this is exactly right. We individual member of the... No? Uh, drifted off there for a second. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> but we do kill the sheriff. Is that right? Or were we... 
Only if we can find her. Only if we can find her, then we relieve her of her post, so to speak. All right. So what I'm hearing is that we are going to head out to the mill. Yep. All right. We're going to head out to the mill next week. And that is all for this week's session. Wow.